Go. Ming Quan is a retired Vietnam War Special Forces operator who now runs a Chinese restaurant in London. When his teenage daughter, Fan, is killed in a department store bombing claimed by a group calling themselves the Authentic IRA, a distraught Quan seeks revenge. His first attempts to bribe Scotland Yard officer Richard Bromley for the names of the bombers, but Bromley refuses. Quan next focuses on Irish Deputy Minister Liam Hennessy, who has spoken publicly about his status as a foreign leader of the IRA. Hennessy claims to have no knowledge of the bombing or its perpetrators, but Quan does not believe him. His queries escalate until he becomes fixated on Hennessy, setting off a homemade bomb in his office and threatening more unless he gets the bombers' names. The truth is that Hennessy, while having ordered the bombing, does not actually know who the bombers are and is in fact outraged that civilians were killed. After a second bombing on a double-decker bus, he negotiates with his boss, British politician Catherine Davies, and promises the capture of the bombers in exchange for the pardoning of some of his former IRA comrades. Meanwhile, he sends numerous mercenaries and personal enforcers after Quan, who manages to escape or defeat all of them. Quan then brings the fight to Hennessy, hiding in the woods outside his Belfast farmhouse and attacking it with more homemade bombs. He also observes Hennessy meeting with his mistress, Maggie. Quan eventually manages to capture and interrogate Sean Morrison, Hennessy's nephew, who served in the British Special Forces under Bromley and was living in New York before Hennessy called him back. Sean tells Quan the name of the bomber who killed his daughter, Patrick O'Reilly, who was also behind the bombing that killed Sean's family. Hennessy, meanwhile, interrogates his head enforcer, McGrath, discovering that the true mastermind is Mary, Hennessy's wife, who also hired Maggie. She has never let go of her anger at the British for the death of her brother and resents Hennessy's working for them. Hennessy executes McGrath for his betrayal and for involving his wife and mistress. Hennessy then orders Sean to execute Mary, with whom Sean is having an affair, before returning to America. Quan finds the bomber's hideout and single-handedly kills all but Maggie. Police storm the house after Quan leaves and find a severely wounded Maggie whose real name is Sarah McKay. They torture her into revealing the location of their next bomb, which has been planted in a laptop to be detonated on a plane. British police swarm the airport and ask for an Ian Wood, who is unknowingly carrying the bomb. They manage to find him and throw the laptop into an empty jet bridge, where it detonates harmlessly. Shortly after, Bromley orders no loose ends, and Maggie is executed by the police. Hennessy gets a call from Davies, who tells him that he will retain his position as a politician, but will be under her thumb. Quan confronts Hennessy and shows him a picture he took of Hennessy kissing Maggie, which is enough to throw suspicion on Hennessy and his role in the bombings. Quan forces him to post the picture to the internet, telling him that he should be ashamed of himself and the whole world will know that he is a terrorist. Meanwhile, Bromley realizes Quan's role in the events and has him put under surveillance, but decides not to take any further action. The film ends with Quan going back to his restaurant and his friend and co-worker K.E. Lam embracing him as he puts the past behind him. You're fucking terrible at reading this stuff. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and once again, sitting across from me is the non-judgmental. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Sutherland. All right. All right. This, of course, is our uh, The Foreigner episode. We will be talking about this fine film and uh, what we thought about it. So, um, did you like this movie, Mike? 
Yes, I liked it a lot. Um, this is something I've always wanted to see Jackie Chan do, and I love his movies. Uh-huh. Um, I was watching a just a, a brief thing about Jackie Chan. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, Jackie Chan does all of his own stunts. Yeah. <clears throat> Painstakingly. <laughs> yes, and um, he was on... Uh, I don't know which talk show. It could have been Stephen Colbert. It could have been. It was one of them. And he was talking about how he was doing a police story. Um, I think it was the first one. Yeah. Where he's in a mall and he's fighting terrorists or these bad guys. And um, he has to do this scene where he jumps on a rail, jumps over to a um, a wire. Okay. And has to slide down the wire. How? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that, that has hanging lights on it, yeah. and it's all it's all specially set up so that when he slides down, the lights pop and blink and stuff like that. You sure, okay. it wasn't from Rush Hour. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. Pretty sure what I I know what I'm talking about. I I, I know I didn't just think because they did that in Rush Hour as well. Yeah, no, they didn't at the end. So as he's as he's doing this, he's sliding down, and he's he he grabs the wire, and he gets second degree burns on his hands as he slides down, huh. and. On top of that, he's also filming a second movie. He's like, so I have all this energy and I'm ready to go, and and I fall uh, into a on, on top of a car. What he, nobody knew at the time when he fell is he dislocated his pelvis. Yeah, he broke his back. He has second degree burns on his hands and fractured an ankle or some shit like that. Yeah. So he's like, and I'm working. So, but that's <laughs> not part of the story. Yeah. The part of the story is, is I do this stunt and I'm all you know happy and this and that and the other thing and I get in my car because I'm doing another movie and I drive to the set to get a couple of hours sleep and I get out of the car and it's like I'm like I'm an old man you know like oh. I don't have this energy anymore and I'm tired and this and that and the other thing and then it comes out later that he dislocated his pelvis broke his back damn uh, like uh, you know a, a couple of bones a couple of I mean. <laughs> this is no wonder he fucking walks like an old man and uh <laughs> and uh a whole bunch of other injuries including scrapes and cuts and this and that yeah and then he goes and does he was doing like drunken master or some some movie i'm not going to look it up because it takes too much time but he was working on another movie concurrently with police story yeah and i'm like jesus fucking christ that's the only response I had because he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, and he doesn't talk about I was burned and this and that. All he talks about is what happened. I do the stunt. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm about to do it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I finally do it. We have 60 cameras rolling all at once. Some are at 120 frames a second. Some are at 40 frames a second. Some are 48 frames a second. Some are at 60. Some are at 24, you know. Yeah. And, and we have the entire mall shut down. And no one is talking, and we have, and there are people watching in the crowd. So they have, they, there's literally an audience of a thousand people that have said nothing for this last 30, 45 minutes to an hour or maybe more. One of the cameras was directly above him, and he had the guy, there was a guy holding the camera in the rafters. Yeah. And he's about to do the stunt, and he's standing on the rail, and he feels this drip, 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 drip. And he looks up, and the guy's been up there for like an hour uh-huh. waiting to roll camera. Just sweating. Sweating onto Jackie Chan. <laughs> and he's like, take a break, get the sweat off, because I don't want to slip. 
and then we'll we'll start again. He was, and Jackie Chan was just like a nice guy. Yeah, like, he's not saying motherfucker. He's like, oh, I, I, I you know, let's let's he didn't get Christian you. Bale it. Yeah, you're so fucking unprofessional. Yes, exactly. We're never working with you again. Never. <laughs> and then he goes and he, and he does a stunt in one Cunt. take and fucking does his thing and. and and then the entire crowd erupts. Yeah. They cut scene. But it was like 30 seconds after he's like, okay, cut scene. And you can see him in every one of his movies when he nods his head. That's action. That means he's ready to do it. So every time you see him in any of his movies nod his head, yeah. that's because he's motioning to someone down below that he's ready to do this. Get ready. Okay. Good. To one of his stunt guys. Which I thought was fucking incredible. So, and, and then watching him in this movie, like he's still doing the same shit. He's sixty years old, dude. He's not too old for this shit. No, and he's jumping through windows, and and yeah. you know, I complain about going down my stairs in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't I can't stand for eight hours a day. But Jackie Chan is fucking yeah, you know, twirling down poles and doing karate high action karate movies at sixty. He has more scar tissue and fucking. Broken, like reconnected bones, and anyone in history probably, dude. Yeah, the guy is uh, the guy commands respect without even commanding it. He just he's just there, and you love him, right? He's like one of the reasons why the 2010 Karate Kid movie was watchable is because of him, you know, because he played a good role and he played this quieted, you know, down serious role, and he was good. He was a good, you know, replacement for Mr. Miyagi. No, yeah, for, look. We can get into you want to get into a debate about the Karate Kid. That's fine. It's not a great movie, and you're right. And another thing is, is it shouldn't have been called the fucking Karate Kid. I that's fucking stupid. Okay, how the fuck are you going to set the movie in China where they practice kung fu and other things and call it Karate Kid? That's fucking retarded. But I will say that, and Jaden Smith is not the most reliable actor, but he was okay for that role. The movie is not watchable. <laughs> No matter how good Jackie Chan is in it. You know, like, well, okay, all right. So, but you do agree Jackie Chan did, was awesome in it. I never watched it. Oh, well. Fuck that movie. I, I will not give a goddamn penny to Jaden Smith or Will Smith. I know, you never went and saw After Earth with me when yeah. it came out. After Birth. <laughs> After Earth. All right, so, uh, but yeah, trust me, I'm not going to defend Jaden Smith, dude, on this show. All right. Um, yeah, dude, my, my approach to Jackie Chan is, I, I don't ever think about Jackie Chan, but yet when he's on, I fucking end up watching him, you know, and and I, I really need to watch more of his stuff because I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of good shit that I'm missing out on, you know, because I saw The Drunken Master before on TV and I couldn't look away from it. It was a fucking amazing. It was like, dude, the shit he's done in America for Hollywood is fucking light compared to what he's done overseas, you know, in, in China. It. Nothing. It's not. It's almost not comparable. It's like this is the fucking fun and and you know the rush hour is like the fun little you know cliff notes or something. You know, not the real shits overseas. So anyway, I will check out more of his shit when I get a chance. Because right. um, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his American stuff anyway. Um, having said that, this movie is what you know what it's better than what the trailers gave us. The trailers. You know, the trailers made it look like it was going to be interesting, but it also made it look like it was going to be very uh, predictable action vehicle type shit. You know, it, you know, revenge flick, blah blah blah. And I was ple- I was pleasantly surprised at how how the movie is definitely better than the trailers. Right? It's uh, 
Uh, it's got, you know, uh, it doesn't overload you with characters. It, even though there's a, f- a bunch of characters that do pop up in the movie, they don't overtake the film at any part, at any part really. It always seems to stay in the hands of either Jackie Chan or Pierce Brosnan every single time, right? Um, and it keeps going back and forth with them. And um, there was a few clever action scenes that I really liked. Um, the musical score, um, I noticed at times where it felt like it was very Call of Duty-ish. You know, it, it was it was fun, um, and it, it stuck out. It felt, you know, like I wasn't hearing the same type of, you know, musical score that I always hear in these types of movies, right? Um, I also like the fact that Jackie Chan was doing the Yoda thing, it seemed like, where he's just slowly walking, and he's all beat up, and he's, he, you know, he's like he's like a fucking old man, right? He's and then, always walked like that, though. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like, and then all of a sudden he drops the cane and he's starting. He's, it's like he's fucking doing somersaults around Dooku or something, right? He's he's just fucking whooping everyone's ass, and it it's it's funny and it's awesome at the same time, man. It, it's great to see him do that shit. Um, you know, the, the movie had some really cool action scenes in it. I like the apartment shit. I like the uh, the the shit out at the farm, all that stuff in the woods, uh, the stuff in the apartment uh, when he's fighting all the bombers. Uh, which they gave away most of that shit in the fucking trailers, assholes. Uh, but I also liked, I, you know what? I was actually intrigued by the scenes, the scene where his nephew is banging his wife, right? They actually was, you know, that was a good scene. They did a good job with it. Right. Um, and, you know, it's cool to see Pierce Brosnan playing a little bit different than what he's been normally playing, you know? Yeah, he was really good in this movie. Um, surprising that, I mean, I... His accent not too convincing, but I, thought, I I don't I know he's he's from there around there, so I don't know I don't know if Pierce Brosnan's Scottish or not. Is he Scottish or Irish? I don't know or British. I don't care. He's, he was Remington Steele. Does it matter? I guess not. Exactly. <laughs> Feel shame. No, um, I I don't know, but his his Irish accent wasn't overly didn't have that uh, that baroque to it. And um, maybe he'd been kissing British ass for too long in the movie. Well, and that that could be the other thing. What if he was British born but Irish parents? Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. Yeah. So you, you could you could do either way. Like uh, Jackie Chan's daughter, who had a very distinct English accent. Yeah. Well, he had a heavy Chinese accent yeah. or Asian accent. You know, depending on where he's from. Yeah. And <clears throat> and you know, it's it's very atypical of these types of movies and books, you know, uh, the former special forces, blah, 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 yeah. blah, right? You know, but what sets this apart from the atypical style of the 80s movies, excuse me, where it's, oh, like John Rambo, former special forces, Green Beret, and I eat Green Berets for breakfast, you yeah. know, and... and I just yeah. wanted a sandwich. I'm a, I'm a commando, <laughs> you know? I was a legionnaire. Yeah, or Chuck Norris or whatever, you know, yeah. Delta Force. What sets it apart is he he doesn't he doesn't pretend to be this badass motherfucker that, you know, at the drop of a hat who's gonna go save save the world, right? Yeah. From the latest weird threat. Yeah. Um, Stop the nuke. He's a fucking he's a fucking Chinese immigrant. Uh, who owns a restaurant and lives above it in a small apartment. Yeah. Who has lost, you know, his daughters and his wife. 
you know, so he has no family. Yeah, um, I, I did a quick read, um, quick uh, run through of the plot of the of the book that's based on from '92 called The Chinaman. Right. And his daughters in the book, they get raped and murdered right in front of his eyes. Right. It's pretty pretty brutal, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, but they don't do that in this movie. Yeah, in the movie, they are they're taken away. And he's pushed overboard, yeah. and that kind of that, that ends the flashback. But you get an idea yeah, of the, what's going to happen. It was enough to show that this guy's been through some shit. Yeah. So you know, it, it doesn't. And I haven't read the book, and I want to read the book, but it, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't ruin the idea of being able to take this novel and turn it into a movie because it it captures the essence. Uh-huh. Right, you know, it doesn't have to go into fucking gory detail. Yeah, about everything that goes on in the book, it it goes over it. Yeah, it touches on the subject, and then it, he they let Jackie Chan explain basically what happened. Yeah, they're dead. We understand that. We get it. Yeah, and <clears throat> she's all fan is all he has left. Right, and and Pierce Brosnan, who we get this background that he was a fucking former. Yeah. yeah, former IRA motherfucker who didn't have a problem killing and blowing people up. He was like a badass motherfucker for yeah. the yeah. He and, didn't, yeah. And then he spends time in jail and rehabilitates himself and blah, blah, blah. And and for one reason or another, he's changed his tone. And that tone is, is maybe if we stop bombing these people, they'll stop being dicks to us. Yeah. And... And we try to work it out behind the scenes and talk about it. Yeah, it was kind of like he, he pretty much did the uh, um, stuff fighting them, join them, and then you join them so you can make change with from within right? kind of thing. Yeah. And then he, it seemed to be working for him until he decides to fucking help with his bombing plot. Right. You know, to get the banks and shit. Right. And yeah, that, and that goes completely off the wall because they're supposed to target banks and then they didn't. Yeah. And they kill innocent women and children. No women, no children. Yeah, no, the professional. No women, no kids. Yeah, you fucking keep it simple. Um, I like I said, I really like this movie because Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan makes this movie. Dude, his sadness in his eyes is like, I've said this before about other actors, and I hate, I don't want it to sound like it's my own personal cliche of saying, but there's certain standout actor acting performances um, when they barely say anything, and in this one, Jackie Chan is another one where he says more. With his fucking eyes, uh huh, in sadness than than most actors can say in an entire film full of dialogue. But it's like the, there's still some funny fucking shit. Yeah, in the movie, like when the guy was watching the house and Jackie Chan runs up behind the car and yeah. fucking kicks him right in the head. Yeah, or whatever he did. Yeah. I think he kicked through the window, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, give me the names. You know? Well, no, no. He, he, just, he kicks yeah, through the but, fucking window, and then he gets in the van and drives off, yeah. knocks the guy out. No, I mean where he just keeps on with the fucking names yeah. thing. Give me the names. Give, give me the, the names. names. Give me the names. Yeah, it, it was funny because you know, he kept poking him. He, I, I thought that it might have been a little too convenient, though, that um, how Jackie Chan was able to, after he kept bugging the police about fighting his daughter's bombers, right. um, that he just decides, oh, well, this guy, you know, Hennessy has got to be, well, he's former IRA, so he's got to be fucking, you know, he's got to be the guy. Well, uh, it- no, it wasn't convenient because he's watching the news and it comes on that Hennessy is the guy that says, hey, you know, we condemn these bombings, right? Yeah. So he figures, and this is what anybody would do, he figures that if that guy is former IRA, yeah, maybe he can point me in the right direction. Yeah. And so 
when he gets there, then he starts to get manhandled by his two goons that were sitting in the office. Oh, so it gave him the clue. It kind of like, why the fuck are these two idiots? Goon- he's he's a politician, and he has two fucking hitmen sitting in his it's office. It's like in Beverly Hills Cop when Eddie Murphy, when Axel Foley goes to visit Victor Maitland in, in his office. Yeah. Right, right, and, and Mike, you know, uh, Ermintrout, right, is sitting there, right. I just and, saw him in another movie too, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, he's yeah, Jonathan Banks, um, and then all of a sudden he's asking questions about his friend Michael Tandino that gets killed in Be- Armed and Dangerous. In- I just watched Armed oh, and Dangerous, okay. and uh, he talks about his friend that got killed back in Detroit. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, Victor Maitland, he goes, "Oh, I, I think this is a matter for the police to handle." Right. And then he calls in all those fucking you know goons to come in, right in suits, and yeah. get the fuck off me, man! They just threw me out a fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that straight up reminded me of that. It's like he overreacted. Like, dude, right. if you hadn't reacted that way, maybe he wouldn't have been so suspicious of you. Yeah, and then when Pierce right. Brosnan comes out and goes, "Fucking, you know, what the fuck are you guys doing? Let him go." Yeah, you know, he's, he's he goes. He just lost his daughter. Yeah, Re- relax. Yeah, relax, and, and And that's when Jackie Chan starts to fucking, All right. you, you know, know and I, the I gears think, start to wind. I think I spaced that when I put that in my review. Uh, like, it seemed a little too convenient that he started latching on to, you know, Pierce Brosnan. But you're right. Yeah, so the gears start to wind, and then 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 Brosnan fucking yells at him in his office, you know, I didn't do this. Just, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? And he yells at him on the phone mm-hmm. and all this other shit, and then, like, it was like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you. And I'm going to fucking, I'm going to terrorize you and see how you feel. Yeah. You know? And then he starts doing that with the homemade bomb, you know, and all this other stuff. Well, you know, we'll just release it as a quote unquote gas leak. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And the police are covering it up just like everybody else. And it just goes from there. It didn't have a fucking stupid cheesy ending. No, it, it didn't. It, it, it didn't have the typical Hollywood ending. I kept waiting for it because it was like leading up to this predictable ending and it did not happen. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like where I, I, I totally was waiting for fucking uh, two, two options at the end. Either Jackie Chan was going to hand him a gun to kill himself with, to kill, for Brosnan to kill himself with, or Jackie Chan was going to leave and then... Brosnan was going to pull a gun out and kill himself. No, I was I was thinking more along the lines like the the place is going to blow up. Oh, you know, type of thing. Okay, and I definitely didn't think that Jackie Chan was going to make it home alive because it looked like that man on fire thing where he's bleeding in the bus. Yeah, on the way home, and it was like, oh, he's going to fucking die before he gets home. Yeah, and that would have been just as good. But the other thing is, is that then you always have the Hollywood ending, which is, you know, they they come and attack him and he beats everybody up, you know, and then the police come and. And save his life. Yeah, which didn't happen. No, no. He just he, fucking took a bus home. Yeah, he took a bus <laughs> home. He, he you know got a hug, and then they, they the guy the head of the fucking the police department said, "Leave him alone. Just just keep an eye on him, and yeah, leave him alone." Apparently, he's a fucking badass, dude. He's he's done enough. He actually helped us. So right. yeah, yeah. Um, dude, I, I don't have major problems with the movie. I, I mean, don't either. It, it's I don't think it's a great movie. Really? I, yeah. I mean, you. I, I have a feeling you love it way more than I do. Um, to me, it was there was a lot of um, I don't know. It, it, I didn't like the fact that it it kind of cast aside Jackie Chan for large chunks of of time in the film. I thought that was to, great to deal with Brosnan um, because you don't need the you don't need to have someone like Jackie Chan to always be in the picture every single minute. Well, yeah, I mean it's like, but they made it look like Jackie Chan's the main focus of the movie, right? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's in like, what? it's like, in, in what, in what, like, like in the, the trailers, they made it look like, hey, my daughter's bombed, and the whole movie, they make it look like the whole movie's going to be 
um, him what? just fucking just drilling at. But that wasn't that what the movie was about. Well, it seemed like they they put him to the side, and it just. It, it, it dealt with the Brosnan thing. Now the Brosnan stuff was intriguing enough that I was able to like f- pretty much forgive that, so it didn't really it didn't yeah. bother me too much. But it's still, I, I, if don't make don't call this a fucking Jackie Chan movie if it's not a full on Jackie Chan movie. It is a full on Jackie Chan movie. Just because they don't have him in the fucking movie every single frame doesn't mean it's not a Jackie Chan movie. Actually, it's a Jackie Chan Pierce Brosnan movie. You know, I look. I mean, there's certain ways to look at it. I just. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the, the trailer just threw me off. Maybe false representation. I don't know. But anyway, what'd you give it? Uh, I give it a six and a half out of ten. Okay, I give it a seven. I, I think it's it's a definitely a better than average action movie. Right. Better than average. Um, and I don't consider this really an action movie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a thriller. It's a it's a Pl- political spy political neo thriller movie with action elements. I you know what? And then I think that's another problem is that with the trailer is that it builds up these false um, expectations of the movie. And, I, and sometimes I, I'm a victim of that. And yeah. I think with this movie, I might've been also been a victim of it. You're totally victim. <laughs> um, um, do you, hey, what happened to the fucking boyfriend? What boyfriend? Exactly. The, the daughter's boyfriend. Remember? Oh, when am I going to meet him? And all this stuff right at the beginning of the movie. Well, what's the point? There's no I, point I, in seeing the boyfriend if she's dead. It just seemed like he was, he, he would he, like, they, they showed him on purpose and then, and I thought he was going to end up being like involved with the bombing or something. Why? And then out of nowhere, it's just like he's never mentioned again. Like, oh. why would they have to mention him? She's dead. I don't know. Like a scene where he he tries to go to the house, like to the restaurant, real why, quick. Why and, would and he say, fucking you know, care? My, you know, you know what happened, and you know, what if he died in the explosion? He wasn't there. How do you know? Because they didn't show him there. It doesn't matter. Well, they like didn't she, show a lot of people there. Like she was having a rendezvous with him in the in the dress shop. No, she said that everybody's going to be there. I don't know. I'm just saying, where the fuck did... Who cares? It's not important to the plot. You really like this movie, don't you? Yeah, I do, but it's not important to the fucking plot. The boyfriend thing has nothing to do with anything. Look, I... That's fucking... That's that's a fucking... That's a weird thing. It just felt like they introduced him like he was going to play a a part in the movie, and then... It's just a side character. doesn't mean anything. Well, that's what he ended up being, yes, exactly. Just a fucking... Pretty much almost an extra. What happened to the boyfriend? Who cares? Maybe he got run over by a bus. Maybe he was on the bus when it exploded. Why would he be on the bus? Maybe he was going into London. I kept. I just kept waiting for like. Why would he be on a bus? Why would anybody be on a bus, Joe? I kept waiting for. Maybe he doesn't have a car. He's a bus the, to go home. What are the odds that he'd be on the bus that gets bombed later on? Or what are the odds that he wasn't? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pigeon. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it just seemed like uh, I, I thought the way the, the vibe that I got when they first showed him in the movie was that he was going to end up being involved with the bombing or something. I, that that and then it just. I don't know. It threw me off. The so. vibe that you got? I got a oh, vibe. Oh, hey, Dad, you got to meet him. You don't get a vibe? You, 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 get- got, you got to meet my boyfriend that's taking me to prom. Kaboom. Uh, I, guess, I guess not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, that's what I got. God damn it. You, whatever. Do you, this is, I find this weird. Uh, Martin Campbell is the one who directed this movie. I did not know this until I looked him up. Um, I, already knew, I already knew that he did Casino Royale. And Casino Royale is the it is the movie that Pierce Brosnan got turned down for because they wanted to start afresh, right? He sleeps with goats, right? So, but Martin Campbell also directed Goldeneye, which is my favorite Bond movie. I know. Don't don't even go there. I, I know. Nothing wrong with that. 
I love Goldeneye. So you're um, wrong, but I mean, <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna say. So I love Goldeneye, and then I I love Casino Royale. Those are like my two favorite fucking Bond movies. So um, I did not know he directed both. Somebody out there is going, but which version of Casino Royale? He's like, you only directed one, not the fucking parody, man. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Martin Campbell was around in the fucking '60s to direct uh, Casino Royale parody. <laughs> so, um, way to bring the sarcasm. I know. So yeah, it's uh, for him to direct this movie. It's kind of weird. It was. Uh, remember how like when we saw the November Man with, nope. with Brosnan, and I said it seemed like this was his way of trying to get back at MGM for not giving him you know the Casino Royale um, role. Well, that and like you weren't the only one that said that. So if you had read anything. Prior, when the November Man came out, uh-huh. pretty much what you—I mean, I think you wrote it, but you had said it before anybody else came out with it, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you just said: is Pierce Brosnan is basically getting back at them for, yeah. you know, yeah, fuck you for you know overlooking, you know, like pushing me out, you know, kind of thing, like because he's talk, he talked about it a bunch of times in interviews afterwards after Casino Royale. Yeah, that's out. exactly. You know, so the fact that he came, he comes back, and he's he's in this movie, The Foreigner, with Martin Campbell, who, you know, I look, I, I know it's a studio or whatever that that wanted to restart fresh. I mean, but it made sense to restart fresh. You know, with Casino Royale, because if you're doing a, a movie that that is it, Casino Royale is supposed isn't to, that a double negative? Casino, <laughs> Casino Royale was supposed to be a um, a prequel in a way to show James Bond, and they couldn't have you know they couldn't make Pierce Brosnan look too you know younger. Young enough for the role, so they just decided to start over. So, uh, anyway, I just found it odd that he's with Martin Campbell again. So apparently, he didn't ho- hold any Ill, Ill feelings towards Campbell. More like probably the studio. Yeah, it's not the director's fault. All right. So, but look, they've been at least three films together. They've worked together, so it's, it's a good collaboration. Yeah, and it works well. Well, November Man was okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't great. But I don't remember much about it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, um, it was a wannabe. Yeah, so it wasn't James Bond. Yeah, it ain't gonna be. Um, I want to talk about something since we're done with this. Well, I was gonna um, real quick. What's our uh, what was our predictions on this movie? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, hold on a second. You know what's funny uh, is we're on two fifty two, right? Yes. The day before this came out, it was sitting at like a fucking eighty something percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and then the day it came out, all of a sudden it shot down to like early 60s and then it now it's been flirting every day it's been going back and forth between 58 and 59 percent which technically makes that rotten because anything under 60 percent i believe they call rotten tomatoes calls rotten so it's under it's rotten it's technically yeah it's considered rotten well it's just not certified fresh yeah it's not certified fresh this movie's not certified fresh no it's not so uh i don't know what my prediction was on this i don't remember shit um what do you think my prediction was? I don't fucking Well, you're fucking know. typing shit instead of showing me something. I'm just <laughs> doing my job, jerk. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. I gave it a 43. I gave it an 89. Damn. Well, yeah, okay. Um. Uh. Well, shit. Who I, wins? I'm off by 16, and you're off by... 20. You're off by fucking 30, so... <laughs> oh, it was a, is that 59? Yeah. Yeah, you win. All right. Um, well, shit. All right, what do you got to talk about? Geostorm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Geostorm. God damn it. I want to talk about this. So, we're doing the Compelled Podcast. Yes. Please listen to that. We would love for you to do that because we want your opinions on it as well. 
However, <clears throat> Jill and I are having problems with Hollywood. And the, and the problems that we're having with Hollywood is this. The fallout from the Weinstein stuff. My brother made a very important point just a few minutes ago. If Jennifer Lawrence doesn't suck Weinstein's dick, she's worth nothing and working at Target. Not saying it's right, but millions of do- dollars to take take the Weinstein load, most chicks would do it. Fuck, I would. That's him. I said most of them have, casting couch. Yeah, now they're coming out. He's a piece of shit, but he made every one of these women multimillionaires. You know, Hugh Hefner just fucked chicks in the ass and didn't get them pregnant. None of them are rich. Who's worse? I, and then It's not black and white, dude. It's not. One made every girl a multimillionaire. The other ass fuck chicks for magazine pictures. And my response to that was exactly what you said. I said, no, it's not a black and white issue. It's, it, I was a little bit more in depth. But, you know, Mark was just trying to yeah. make a point. No, no, that, no. It's a, it's a valid point. That uh, is Harvey Weinstein as big of a fucking problem? It's, it's oh. okay, go ahead. Yeah, let me finish. Let me finish my thought. And yeah, yes, he is. And I don't want you to get me wrong. I don't want you to get my brother wrong. He thinks the same along the same lines as I do, which is Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. He's a sexual predator. Okay, but all these women are coming out against him after. And let's face it, not all of them are like Rose McGowan, yeah. where where they were forced into wherever they were doing, and then Harvey decided to write them a check for whatever amount of money. Shut up, money. Yeah, mm-hmm. shut up, money. And and then you have the other women that are coming out now saying that they were sexually abused or whatever, but they willfully went into this. Yeah. They willfully went into it. They're just they're the bandwagon jumpers. And that's what I've been talking about with the disingenuous Me Too campaign. Uh-huh. Okay? People that willfully went into this knowing everything, knowing that they were going to be part of the casting couch, knowing. And I'm not saying Jennifer Lawrence did, but I'm saying that there's a lot of people out there that did. Mm. And willfully accepted this, okay? Right or wrong, yeah, doesn't matter. Kind of like people that sign up for a, <coughs> for porn that can handle it, and some that can't. No, it's more along the lines of women that were forced into porn versus women that signed up for porn. There you go. So it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my my issue that I have been thinking about over since the Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, which is this. How do we go and watch movies knowing what we know now, or what we know more of now? <laughs> you know, we've always known that there's a casting couch. We've always known that there's been sexual predators and pedophiles and this and that. Yet we keep willingly feeding into a system that keeps producing this type of people. And they say that that it's a representation of America down to its micro, micro? Yeah, micro. The micro-verse, I guess, is what you want to call it. Like the NFL is a representation of America, blah, 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 when it comes to drug use and rape and 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 blah, 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 blah. The good, the bad, right? Yeah. There's an X amount of people that are going to do it, a percentage, and then the rest don't. <clears throat> I find that very hard to believe anymore. I think that's just an excuse that's been made to make it okay for this type of activity, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott or Ray Rice doing the domestic abuse, or uh, what's his name, Josh Brown, the the kicker for yeah, uh, I think it was Josh the Giants, or Harvey Weinstein, or James Michael Handy, or Victor Silva, 
Salva. Salva, sorry. Brian Singer. Brian Singer, Daryl Zanuck, Jeffrey Jones, Martin Weiss. Bob Villard. Do you want me to? I mean, I, I don't. we don't need to continue on with the names. The huge, man. It's fucking huge. Yeah. Terry Crews. He, I mean, was. He, he had, had it happen to him. Yeah. But, you know, Chris Brown or Woody Allen or Casey Affleck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> My point being is how do we continue to do this and and not feed into a system? Do we completely stop? No. Well, we're trying to build something here. I, I, I can say I can give a simple answer for certain things. And the, the simple answer is um, I think we need to make a stand at ones that are obvious, the ones that we know about. So uh, if Brian Singer comes out with another, and we'll we'll get into an episode of Compelled about Brian Singer and, to explain why we're going to be about him the way we are. But and and here's the thing, Brian Singer is doing the Freddie Mercury biopic. Okay, great. So and and from what I understand, it's supposed to be really fucking good. Yeah. Then that suck. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I guess he's getting all the twinks he wants, he uh he can fucking make good movies, right? Yeah. Because he's been contented. So. I guess what it comes down to is this. Um, do we go see Suburbicon? Who's directing that one? Uh, George Clooney. Well, I, I don't... Um, I mean, unless you, you see like a direct connection. Uh, yeah, there's a direct connection between Suburbicon and... and you know, I... I uh, you know, it'd be one thing if we were getting fucking free passes to see this shit, you know? I wouldn't feel, you know, not as bad because it's like, hey, I'm not getting paid to fucking see this movie. Or, I mean, you know, I, I'm paying to see these movies. You are paying to see these movies as well. Right, but it, it stars Matt Damon. All right. Because uh, what? Because Matt Damon has been involved with uh, Wine, or yeah. Miramax for so long? The, uh, oh, but it was written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. What do you do? What do you do in this instance? <coughs> do we condemn Matt Damon? I feel we should. I don't know enough about the Matt Damon thing to make a judgment call right now. It doesn't matter. He was involved with Har- Harvey Weinstein. He was involved with Harvey Weinstein to the extent that he helped Harvey Weinstein kill an article about sexual abuse. Okay, I don't know anything about that. But it's so, not my fault. Then that's one of the difficult things. Actually, that that you know what? That's actually a good topic to bring up. It's like where do you draw the line, right? It, it's you know, I can it's easy for me to say, "Hey, we won't go see another Brian Singer movie even if he directs a fucking X-Men movie that that, that that might be fucking awesome, you know, still. I don't want to give Brian Singer any more fucking money. So. Fuck you. Not you. <laughs> I was yelling fuck you at the. <coughs> so I don't, that that is a difficult thing to, because to, you don't want to be a hypocrite, right? You know, I mean, we're all, we're all we all have some form of hypocrisy in our lives that we, <coughs> that we do. But I, I don't want to do a show called Compelled and then, be a complete hypocrite and still pay to see these fucking movies by these right. But I mean, like enablers. Goodwill Hunting or the talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, him and Russell Crowe were hammered in a rap article by Sharon Waxman, the former New York Times reporter called recalled in 2004 when she tried to file a story about Weinstein's sexual misdeeds, only to see it neutered by editors. Waxman mentioned getting calls from Damon and Crowe to vouch for Fabrizio Lombardo, and who Waxman alleged procured women for Weinstein. <coughs> And then on Monday, New York Times executive editor Dean Baquette wrote in a response to Waxman's claim that it is unimaginable to me that the Times killed the story because of pressure from Harvey Weinstein, who was and is an advisor. And that the top two, 
editors at the time. This would be so nice if it just stopped <laughs> doing this. It is unimaginable to me that the Times killed a story because of pressure from Harvey Weinstein, who was and is an, ad- an advertiser. Really? It's unimaginable that an advertiser would try to kill a Times story about his own company? Hmm. <laughs> Dean Baquette, you're a piece of shit. The top two editors, Bill Keller and Jill Abramson, said, say they have no recollection of being pressured over Mrs. Waxman's story that Waxman's direct editor, Jonathan Landman, suggested suggested she didn't have it nailed. Damon, who has been since singled out for scorn and called an enabler in tweets from Jessica Chastain and Rose McGowan, he has much different recollection of events. Um, on on the whole Sharon Waxman thing, Damon says, my recollection was that it was about a one-minute phone call. Harvey had me called me and said, they're writing a story about Fabrizio, who I knew from the talented Mr. Ripley. He has organized our premiere in Italy, so I knew him in a professional capacity, and I, had, and I had dinner at his house. Harvey said, Sharon is writing a story about Fabrizio, and it's really negative. Can you just call her and tell her what your experience with Fabrizio was? So I did, and that's what I said to her. I didn't even make the piece that she wrote. As I recall, her piece just said that Russell and I called and relayed our experience. That was the extent to it, and I was very surprised to see it come back. I was never conscripted to do anything. You were called by Harvey Weinstein to call the New York Times. You were conscripted to do that. That's what that fucking word means. You were, you're a fucking liar. I'm sorry, you're a fucking liar. You're lying. Everyone that is talking about this right now is fucking lying. And I have a problem with that. Tell the goddamn truth. We vouch for each other all the time and it didn't even make her article. Whether it didn't jive with her storyline, it was an incomplete rendering of someone that I was giving. But I had perfectly professional experiences with Fabrizio and I didn't mind telling her that. I'm sure I mentioned to her that I didn't know everything about the rest of her piece because I didn't. I still don't know anything about that. Fabrizio, bullshit. You worked with the Weinstein Company. You worked for the Weinstein Company as long as Quentin Tarantino has worked for the Weinstein Company. And Quentin Tarantino came out and said, I knew everything that was going on and did nothing about it. At least he told the truth. He fucking told the truth. He kept looking the other way. And he didn't. And it's not that he didn't believe Mira Servino. He said that that was kind of an expected thing to happen in Hollywood. Oh, I just thought that Hein that that Weinstein was just hitting on her, but he knew that she was my girlfriend. But that's not an excuse, and that's what he said. That is not a fucking excuse. I knew enough to do more than I did. That takes balls. Finally, we have two people that came out. Kevin Smith. <laughs> excuse me. Great, I have only eight articles remaining to read on the New York Times this month. Fuck them. <sighs> there was more to it than just the normal rumors and normal gossip. It wasn't secondhand. I knew he did a couple of these things. I wish I had taken responsibility for what I heard. If I had done the work I should have done then, I would, not, I would have had to not work with him. Allegations of harassment, blah, blah, blah. But Tarantino said in an inter- interview on Wednesday that he had heard about Weinstein's behavior long before those articles. His own former girlfriend told him about unwelcome advances and unwanted touches by Harvey. Another actress told him similarly, and I can never say that word. He also knew that the actress, Rose McGowan, had reached a settlement with the producer. All right. Look, this is my my take on this whole thing right now. Because we're still fresh into this, and we've got way more to talk about in the future. My main focus at first is to call out the worst people 
and then work our way down. And I'm not going to I'm not going to dismiss the enablers and the people that look the other way and um, things like that. I but I do have to take into account certain things. Sometimes when you're caught up in something, sometimes you're blind to things that are right in your fucking face. Trust me. When I was married, I had things in my face I didn't fucking see until after I was out. Of it happens all the time. Not everybody knows everything that's going on. So I, I until I, I, I see this is for me. You could think differently and you can even condemn me for it. But until I see something hardcore about fucking Matt Damon, like he knew about all these instances and, and he was doing Dude, shit too. And, and, if Tarantino knew about it, Matt Damon knew about it. And Ben Affleck knew about it. Yeah, and he's and like Kevin Smith and he's knew like, about and it. He's like thousands of these other people in Hollywood, thousands, where they just kept looking the other way. They heard about it, but they just dismissed it. Exactly. Okay. This is what this is what Tarantino said. Yeah. What I did was marginalize the incidents. Anything I say now will sound like a crappy excuse. Yeah. So look, look. One way or another, almost everyone in Hollywood is guilty, one form or another. Okay, guilty somehow. If you if you knew Harvey Weinstein. If you had any dealings with Harvey Weinstein, uh, apart from, I'm not talking about the occasional dealings with Harvey, where you met him in a room somewhere, you know, at a party, or, you know, you, you shook hands with him at a premiere. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about dealings with Harvey where he financed your film, where he helped you with, with, with other things, with getting Goodwill Hunting done, yeah. you know, and bought, and all that. If Kevin Smith knew and Kevin Smith lives in his own fucking world, yeah. you fucking bet that Matt Damon knew. Yeah, because they, they were a huge money. Him and Affleck were a huge moneymaker for them. And Russell Crowe. Kevin Smith co-produced Goodwill Hunting. Right there. Ben Affleck, Russell Crowe, anybody that worked with Harvey Weinstein in any capacity of those guys, like yeah. those guys, even yeah. Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. they all knew what was going on. And who knows? They may have condemned it in private, in private to him. Some of them have done that, or possibly even just kept dismissing whatever they heard, or dismiss what they heard. Yeah, because they're part of the system. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt physically, <laughs> physically threatened him. So look, this is a, we were doing this as a way to try to help change the system, okay? So that people don't think that they need to just keep going with the flow, right? And and accepting these things, okay? Because a lot of most, it's just like when someone's getting murdered on a fucking bridge, right? And there's a hundred witnesses, but no one steps in to fucking stop it happen, right? It's, someone eventually has to fucking do something about it. Right. And so that's what we're trying to do. And, and look, I have to. I, but this has, not, that has nothing to do with what initially I brought up, which is how do we. I know. How do we keep feeding into this system? How do we feed the monster? How do we why? Keep, how why do we, sh- or should we? How do we? Wh- how, why should we keep feeding the monster if we're trying to also destroy the monster at the same time? We're not trying to destroy it. We're trying to get word out about <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, well, you know what I mean by the monster. Um, but that's the point I'm trying to make. Is is I mean, do we go see? Do do we spend our money on Suburbicon because Matt Damon's in it, or do we just take a stand and say no and find something else to watch? What, where do we go? What do we do? I think for now, um, I don't personally have a problem going and seeing Suburbicon right now. I see you do, and you're conflicted about it. So I'm not conflicted. Oh, well, okay. I already have an answer. Okay. Um, you know what? It, it's like this. I, I'll back your. I'll back your play. Okay. 
if you if you want to make a stand, even at something like this with Matt Damon, <coughs> if you think that, that that it should be made, then I'll, I'll back your play. Let me ask you a question: Do you stop shopping at Walmart knowing how they treat their employees? No. Why? Because I I try to save money for my because I, I, I don't even think about it. That's why I don't even think about it until we're behind the microphone talking about Thank it. Thank you. All right. Here's the here's the answer to that whole question. Do does everyone stop doing what they're doing? Oh, I'm going to stop watching the NFL because players are taking a, a kneel. Yeah. Oh, but we have people that are sexual predators, and you're more concerned about some fucking athlete. Yeah. That I, is standing up to injustice. Look, I still eat chicken, man, but I've seen what most fucking places do to their chickens. Yeah. Okay. I still eat steak. Yeah. I still go to McDonald's. I bet you eat Tyson chicken as well. Tyson's fucking like synonymous with a. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with how they treat the chickens. So Foster Farms mostly. So um, I'm not a big Tyson. Tyson is more west or east coast because they have farms out there. I think in, McDonald's uh, gets their uh, their chicken from Tyson. Yeah, but I still go to McDonald's. Uh-huh. But you know where I don't go? Subway. <laughs> I will not eat at Subway anymore. That's fine. Yeah, but I'll go to fucking Jersey Mike's. So we'll throw a bone to Jersey Mike or for the, for the yeah. 200 people that listen to this podcast over a month. <laughs> uh, for the 10 people that listen to it. Yeah. So well, what I'm trying to say is this. Um. Yes, we are going to keep feeding into the system because a we're movie reviewers. Do we have to? No, but we like movies. You know, if, if I come to find out that Kathleen Kennedy's the biggest rapist, let me say this again. Yeah, <laughs> if I find out that Kathleen Kennedy has done some serious fucking bad shit, and she turns out to be worse than you know whoever yeah at the moment or she's a she's a Donald Trump fan I'm yeah. kidding I'm kidding yeah. it has nothing to do with it but let's just say that let's just say that what what if Kathleen Kennedy was fucking Jeffrey Dahmer you know look every do do we stop watching Star Wars movies do do I every couple of years stop watching uh slapping in the Ferris Bueller DVD because Jeffrey Jones is in it right you know I still Thank love you. I still love that movie yeah you know, the only difference now with like C- or Howard the Duck, I I have to watch Howard the Duck at least once every two months. Yeah, who's in the movie? Yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. So and I look, the thought pops in my head when he, when I see him on screen, real quick. Like you know, this is what that guy did. I don't even think about that. No, no. You know why? Because I'm watching the movie to watch the movie. Yeah. My problem comes. My problem stems from from do we feed into the system? Well. If you like movies, if we're, if we're going to have a voice to to keep going, we need. Does to. Rose McGowan stop making movies? I don't even know what the fuck she's doing right now. Does she have you? Don't even know what she's doing. You don't even do any research before you do any of this stuff, dude. There's a lot of shit. I, I have to fucking do research on the movie we watched. Okay, I have to write a review for it. Oh no, spend much time. Uh, here's her IMDb. God damn, she's just fucking beautiful. I know. <laughs> I, I thought she was hot ever since. The uh, sound. The heresy. The she was an ultimate Spider-Man in the TV series as Medusa doing a voiceover. The cage pillows, the telltale heart. Uh, Rose McGowan, RM486. The weight of blood and bones. Call of Duty voiceover. Charlie XCX. Uh, Once Upon a Time. This is just in the past whatever. Uh, chosen. I understand that they're doing a Charmed remake. Law and Order, blah 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 blah. Um, she's 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 a busy busy girl, you know. She's directed a whole bunch of shit. Uh, in fact, uh, she directed 
says actress. I, I clicked on director. I know you did, but twatty thing. Don. She has one director. She's card. written two things: Heresy, Rose McGowan, and Thanks, Self, Archive Footage, blah blah blah. Um, eight credits on soundtrack, including Planet Terror. But again, she that she feeds into the system too. She has to keep working. Well, I know she doesn't have I, to. I, I, but I know. I just, I stopped myself before I finished saying it. She could go do something else. She doesn't have to be in in, in Hollywood, I, right? I, yeah. But she's trying to affect change as well. Look, I don't think that fucking movies should stop being made because there's a shitload of fucking pedophiles and and um, misogynists out there. Okay, um, and rapists. I don't think that you know movies should die because of it. I think that all those people involved in, that are doing that should be fucking ousted and then replace them with people that don't do that shit. Yeah, you know, I love movies. I love television. You but know, he, yeah the the whole the whole system needs to be blowed up. Needs to be fucking uh, needs an anima. Huh. This town needs an anima. Here's an interesting piece of uh, of Rose McGowan trivia. When filming Scream, she discovered that she could actually fit through a pet flap. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Even though the movie made it look like she couldn't. <laughs> she died in the garage door. Don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface Killer. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs> All right. Huh, so She still goes to Marilyn Manson concerts. <laughs> Jawbreaker. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Marilyn Manson. Do you remember him in Jawbreaker? He has this fucking mustache. It's like this 70s fucking... Detective, I don't porn care, star stash, and there's this part where he's licking it, and it is so fucking gross, but funny at the same time. You're like, that's Marilyn fucking Mance. So, <laughs> fuck you, man. I don't care. I, I there, there was I could care less about the movie. I watched the movie, and then I jumped. I jumped on the movie bandwagon because everybody was jumping on it because of its independence thing, uh-huh. and then I'm like. Uh, only, I'm only watching it because Rose McGowan's in it. I only saw Jawbreaker once, and it was in theaters. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't that. I just remember that was funnier and shit. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I like how this turned from the foreigner into a compelled episode. I know, but I, I <laughs> wanted to bring this up because we keep. I keep forgetting to. We keep forgetting to talk about it. And and the elephant in the room is, what do we fucking do? What the fuck do we do when it comes to movies? Do we continue to go see movies, or do do we take a stand against Hollywood and stop? But does that do anything? Two I, fucking I guys from Sacramento. Yeah, I'd say for now, the stand that we should make when we see these movies, so for now, is the blatant ones. Like, we're not going to go see Jeepers Creepers Part 3, okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're not going to go see... Uh, uh, like I said, if Brian Singer comes out with anything else, if Roman Polanski c- comes out with anything I'm else, obviously we're not going to go see a fucking Roman Polanski movie. We're not going to go see them now. So um, I don't care how many fucking raves and reviews it gets. So that's my stand on it. Uh, but yeah, it's it is difficult because I feel like a hypocrite saying that. Oh, I'm still going to go to the movies, right? It, you know, it's like fuck. What do you do? But you got to look at life and the way people go in and out of their daily lives, man. It's not fucking always simple, is it? So, anyway, quit over analyzing her picks. I'm not <laughs> even analyzing it. I could care less. All right. So, uh, <coughs> the next uh, film that we, we will be talking about on Cinescape Movie Reviews is going to be Geostorm. Starring Maybe. Gerard, Gerard Butler is going to save the fucking <laughs> day. He's going to save the world again. Maybe. First he saved the president, then he saved the president again, and London, and now he's going to, yeah. 
he's gonna, again. He's going to come down from his maybe space station and save the fucking world. At least the United States. He'll at least save the United States. Maybe. Of okay. So, <laughs> goddamn, she's fucking gorgeous. Anyway, um, we will talk about that one next time. Maybe. All right. So that's it. I'm me. You're you. Fucking say good night, man. Good night, man. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. We'll see you. On the flip side. At the movies, you dork. Fuck you, man. I'm not, we're not Siskel and Ebert, man. Can't you sh- don't get the joke. We can't steal their shtick. You don't even get the joke, so shut up. All right. Well. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. Okay, man. Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Mm. Wrong one. Good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com and please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! Fuck yourself. Uh.